0: You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union Zero 430 podcast, brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market, and Vortex Canada, the force
1: of optics.
2: Hey, everybody. Damien is back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Um, three weeks, three shows. Can you believe it that I was away and this did and this thing didn't fucking self-implode on itself? It's it's amazing because I really didn't have a whole lot of hope for these yahoos to be able to carry this on with me you being done. But you know what? <laughs> I listened to the episodes, they done a good job. I um, didn't understand what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was good. Um there was no east coast flair. Mark was was quiet on a couple uh, on a couple oh, episodes there so i didn't get that what yet. jesus uh you know you're 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 still the mainland ryan you're on the east coast but you're not on I the was island. born on <laughs> an island <laughs> yeah you were born on an island the wrong yeah, one but a it's different still an program. island yeah um everybody episode 64 and very very lucky tonight Dave I'm pretty sure Dave you've been you've been at Brian for a long time to be coming on this show so uh <laughs> thanks Brian for finally uh giving in to Dave and agreeing to come on the show and and listen to us and and uh, and have a chat so coming to us all the way from the border of Illinois and Wisconsin Dave I did pick up on that geography lesson that you were given regarding <laughs> um Texas and California so uh just so you know, Wisconsin and uh, and Illinois—that's where Brian is, and and that's <laughs> not that's not attached to California. Just just so you know, long um, ways away. So everybody brought, <laughs> yeah. So we got Brian Schiller on on with us tonight. Um, a very very um, a great guest to have on with us tonight for a lot of reasons. So, you know, our love of new canoe, uh, especially Dave is a very, very big uh, advocate for kayak hunting. Um, Brian does his own podcast with and, and is really involved into the kayak fishing um, with new canoe. So um, it's an excellent opportunity for us to bring this all in together. Brian has his own podcast and we'll get into that in a little bit, but um, like always, um Phil is in Oshawa only for another week or so, and uh, then he'll be uh, moving into the new house. Three three or four.
1: I don't know. Anyways. Oh, soon. oh okay. I, not, thought was, not, I thought it was I thought it was sooner. No, I fucking wish. This <laughs> <laughs> to be the last move I ever. The last time and... I the next time I move, it'll be into a slow six-foot box, let me tell you. <laughs>
2: Anyways, Ooh, carry on. You're going in for the long haul. We got Ryan down down in Nova Scotia. Dave is up in Concord, and I've already alluded to the fact that Brian's on the border of <laughs> Illinois and Wisconsin. So, Brian, thanks so much for coming on the show. I hope yours excited about the shows what we are about having you on and being especially because we're really looking forward to to picking your brain um on this so um yeah you know awesome thanks so much for coming on
3: yeah for sure man it's exciting to be here man i'm uh i'm i'm not a veteran waterfowl hunter i've been doing it for 2 years now but uh I'm always eager to talk about it and talk about the kayak hunting aspect and things like that man.
4: Yeah, and for those that don't know like you also do the New Canoe podcast on Tuesdays. So if you just want to tell everybody about your podcast there.
3: Yeah, sure. So uh so I do the New Canoe podcast. It, it's on all the New Canoe platforms uh Facebook and YouTube and then a, any major podcast platform and you know, basically, uh, we go around and uh, spotlight a lot of our team members. Uh, we talk to a few dealers. Uh, obviously, we talk to the big cheese, uh, Blake Young, as well. He's always given updates on products, uh, new things coming out, any delays, things like that. Like, that's one of the nice things about new is They're very uh, open and forthright on, you know, what's going on with the company, you know, especially uh, in the times we're in right now with, you know, COVID, uh, product shortages, things like that. Um, he's very open at what's going on to his customers, um, and keeping them up to date on, uh, on all that good stuff.
4: And then what about the paddle and fin you want to tell? Oh yeah, sure. Sure.
3: Yeah. And then, uh, I also started, uh, a kayak fishing podcast, uh, paddle and fin back in gosh, it's been Uh, three and a half years now we started
2: 2018
3: yeah 2018 and uh we've been going strong uh basically we you know it's it's kind of a network now uh where we have a new episode that goes up seven days a week and it's everything from like uh fishing for beginners to you know angler stories we talk to companies uh we got a a hunting segment that's every other saturday uh, which would be a great guy for you guys to chat with as well. Brad Hurlboss. Uh, he does a lot of upland hunting, waterfowl, and then a little bit of deer hunting as well. Um, and then all the way to saltwater kayak fishing and, and everything in between. You know, we try to appeal to all audiences, whether you're a beginner kayak fisherman or fisherman in general, all the way up to you know, the most advanced tournament guys, we get a segment that uh, just recaps all the tournaments around the nation. Uh, Even, even up North, you know, you guys got a lot of kayak tournaments going on as well. So, you know, we try to spotlight everything from the small clubs all the way up to the big tournament trails as well.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely seems to be, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave.
4: No, I was just going to say, you talked about uh, the saltwater fishing. Yeah. Um, and when people talk about like how stable is the kayak for duck hunting, look at Everett Park who was on this podcast like, <laughs> a few months ago, he's been catching some monster fish in a kayak, like things that I'm like, you should probably have a boat for that, but yeah, able enough to do that.
3: Yeah. The one thing I envy him on is, uh, like my bucket list fish. Like I've never fished saltwater before. Um, but like one of my bucket list fish to catch is a, uh, is a tarpon and he caught a giant and out of a, out of a new canoe and he's like holding it up over the side. And I mean, that fish has got to be 150 pounds, easy, uh, at least a buck and a quarter. And, uh, he's, he's holding it right on the side. I forget what, what he just caught out of that thing too, uh, right after I cast, those guys went down to uh southern florida and went out fishing uh, off offshore and uh you know he was reeling in some giant fish yeah. so yeah
4: so it just goes to show you the stability that like you can be safe on kayaks and go hunting in them and
3: yeah it, it's funny man like i i get that all the time right like you know somebody who may not know anything about kayaks or kayak fishing you know and or, or kayak hunting, for that matter, um, you know they're like you fish out of a kayak, and uh, mind you, I'm six four, I'm like two fifty. That's probably being generous, you know. I try to keep a nice hourglass figure going, <laughs> and uh, you know people are like you fish out of a kayak. Well, for for the common common person, they they picture this like little sit inside ten foot like kayak that you could get at Walmart or you know any sporting goods store, right? So when you start explaining it to them and start showing them pictures, there's like, that's not even what I intended. Like most people don't even know what a sit on top kayak is, you know, so to speak. So when they actually see it and they're like, oh, well, that makes a whole world of sense. And like, I could think of 20 different things I can go do, you know, I mean, the nice thing is like, we always tease the bass boat guys as far as fishing goes, because you can get back into some sloughs and stuff that they can't get to. And there's big fish stacked up in there that have never been pressured, never seen a lure, things like that. Um, But, you know, they can't get their big boats back there. So, and and not only that, I mean, let's be real, right? Like with the prices, everything, like what a new, new bass boat or a walleye boat right now, I mean, you're looking at like 40 grand entry, you know, like my old man just bought a new (laughs) Mm -hmm. 19 foot Ranger deep V And I think he spent 42 on it. And it's just like, you know, for the average Joe that doesn't have that, that kind of income or that kind of money to uh, just go dump or have another payment, you know, like a kayak makes sense. It's, it's super easy, super portable. And like I said, you can get into so many places that a lot of others
4: can't. Yeah. And one of the big things with the new canoe I found is the integrated lines that they have that are, they're built specific for the boat
3: yeah uh,
1: to the yeah, point yeah. that there's
4: people trying to like hey i gotta ascend h12 or whatever that i might have the wrong number on it but whatever sure. like it's a 12 footer and they're like do you think you're i could try your new canoe blind on it and see if it fits because i can't find a blind anywhere i'm like yeah and this thing is built it doesn't have the drawstring it's perfect for my boat like it's that's what it's meant for and right so, yeah uh, i know uh my buddy brad um who
3: introduced me to waterfowl hunting like he used to hunt out of a hobie And, uh, he had a makeshift blind. I forget who made it. And, uh, you know, he kind of retrofitted it to work on his boat. And I actually, last year, I didn't have a blind for my pursuit. So, uh, he loaned me that blind and we made it work. You know what I mean? But the nice thing about the new canoe ones is, you know, you got the poles that go in there. So it gives you plenty of room, you know, it's not like you're just draping a blanket over you. Uh, so to speak, it's almost like a, a nice layout blind, you know what I mean? And, um, the cool thing is, um, which I believe they're going to start shipping in a month is New Canoe actually partnered up with, uh, Mossy Oak. So now all their blinds are going to have Mossy Oak patterns in, um, uh, what is it, sprayed grass or, uh, Shadow Blades grass? Shadow Blades grass, Shadowblades. sorry. And then, uh, also, um, I think they're going to have a second option. I'm not going to say whether or not they're going to, cause I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I know the shadow blades grass, uh, for sure. That's, uh, that's a new thing. So it'll be a nice, you know, mossy oak pattern and you could still tie grass and, you know, uh, you know, like we always do when we back into a marsh, just start <laughs> ripping grass off and stuffing it in the, in the little sleeves and stuff on our blinds. And, uh, you know, just to, just to kind of tuck in and be a little bit more hidden. Um, but yeah, super nice. And then they even have, uh, I believe the new ones will still have the back hatch in the back. If you bring a dog with, so the dog can jump in and out. And that's another thing too, right? Like stability wise, you can have your lab in the back or your retriever, whatever, whatever dog you may have, it could be a hundred pounds, man. And that dog can still get in and out and you're still carrying, you know, three, four, five dozen decoys yourself and you're still moving around pretty good, uh, getting back into some of those marshes and sloughs, you know? So yeah, those hunting blinds, man, they, they make a world of difference. Um, you know, the first time I, I actually sat in one was in a frontier 12 at a, at a fishing show, um, because this, uh, the Madison fishing show in Wisconsin, we usually only show new canoe, uh, through the one dealer I work with. Um, And that's just because there's a, another dealer there carries some of the other similar brands, but they don't carry new canoe. And it's amazing because there's a lot of waterfall hunters in Wisconsin. You know, you get the, the Mississippi river flyway, you know, right there. So, you know, a lot of these guys are walking by like, Oh, well, that could work, you know, like why, why didn't, why didn't we think of this, you know, instead they're either, you know, going out and, uh, burying their boat on a shore, hiking a few hundred yards, then, you know, setting up a blind or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, whereas you could just float around in that kayak or tuck yourself in the weeds, man. It's, it's a really nice, nice feature for waterfall. That's for sure. And not only that, but like a lot of guys too, uh, are, are deer hunting out of them, you know, because the, the boats themselves, can carry so much weight. I mean, uh, one of our team guys on new canoe Parker McDonald, I mean, he shot a monster buck in Tennessee last year, had that thing draped over the front of the boat. And he's like, it was fine. You know, he runs a a little two and a half horse outboard on the back of his, or he's paddling and, uh, you know, the boat handled it just fine. And, um, you know, it's just another nice option, especially when you got, you know, a lot of water access to public lands. You know, you could sneak in when everybody's, you know, parking up on the road and pushing all the deer back to where you're setting up, getting ready to go, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of that cat and mouse game that you can play with a kayak.
4: I'm glad you talked about it being the mossy oak blind because whenever it was on, Everett said, Yeah, we got a new blind coming out, and a few people picked up on it. And I tell you, since he was on back in May, we've had someone every week like, Hey, can you give me any information about that top secret blind you're talking about? And so, <laughs> that was good.
0: Yeah. So,
4: so what do you have? Um, what got you into doing podcasting? Like why start podcasting? Oh God.
3: Um, so the guy I actually started paddling Finn with um, him and I both listen to podcasts when we are on the road, you know, like I travel a lot for work driving around, you know, usually I'm, I, I probably put 150 miles round trip, uh, a day on my truck. So I'm in, I'm in the truck quite a bit, you know, and, uh, always been a huge fan of podcast. We had just gotten into kayak fishing and we had really struggled to find a lot of good information out there. So we figured, uh, you know, kind of looked at starting a podcast, you know, like youtube you know we considered that um you know but at that time there was a uh you know you had a lot of young kids doing doing content on youtube and we we're like ah, i don't know if we're cut out for that so we figured uh why not start with a podcast game and you know we never figured anybody would listen to us but at least we would have a record of like you know our journey into kayak fishing so to speak, and. Um, you know, if we could share our, our struggles and help somebody else learn from those mistakes that we made or, you know, successes, um, it could be a cool thing, you know, because we were having a tough go just trying to find stuff to, uh, you know, to figure things out on our own. And, uh, you know, just it, it was more of a not necessarily entertainment, but more educational thing. And now it's kind of turned into both, which is cool so i i mean and then uh you know obviously i got with new canoe a little over a year ago and uh you know the one thing that a lot of the team guys were you know moaning about was like hey i need i need you guys to promote me more and um you know i'm trying to get more sponsors or i'm you know trying to get my tournament fees covered this and that like You know, can you guys share some of my photos or whatever? And it's kind of hard to do that with a team of, you know, 100 guys, so to speak, spread out across the United States and Canada and even a couple guys overseas, you know. So, uh, you know, I presented it to Everett and I was like, you know, hey, man, why don't we do this and we can give these guys a half hour to an hour a week and, uh, you know, kind of take turns, run through all the guys and uh, have it be their platform. And not only that, but, you know, we can keep consumers up to date on uh, products. Um, you know, we could bring some dealers into the loop, you know, share where they're at, where their store is, help promote them. So it's a win-win for everybody, you know, uh, with, with the exception of myself, because I got to take the time out every week. But, <laughs> you know, it's worth it, man. It's, uh, it's something I really enjoy doing. I like, I like talking to multiple different people and just hearing their stories and what they do and, you know, what makes them tick and what makes, you know, what, why they enjoy being on the water or in the woods, you know, um, everybody's got a different story and, uh, I just like hearing the different perspectives and if I can help translate that to other folks, uh, you know, it's kind of cool.
2: One thing I, the one thing I like Brian and sorry if I'm cutting anybody off here but my internet is shit as per. Um <laughs> one thing I like Brian is, is when I was doing a little bit of uh, research on you and, and stuff oh, and I boy. came across an interview that you had yeah I came across an interview that you had done a bunch of years ago and you had spoken about you know you got into fishing at the age of 7 and it was your dad that got you got you into it and and stuff like this and the really cool thing that, that I like from that interview that you done is, is in a, in a very brief, um, paragraph, I guess, for lack of a better term, you, you had described, you know, I, I had started fishing at the age of seven. Um, then in my teenage years, uh, you started to, you know, uh, get into some bigger boats and and started to take it a little bit more serious. And we've talked about this on this podcast a lot. At at that teenage young twenties where you're, you know, you just want all the flashy toys, and you gotta have the the big boat and and all of the the shiny shiny objects. And then you get to a point in your life where you're like, you know what? I'm gonna start downsizing. <laughs> I'm gonna start cutting it back a little bit. And that's when you and that's when you fell in love with this kayak fishing. Yeah. and you know it it it's just it's amazing how our world and your and and I get it you know we're hunting your fish and it's it's the same world but you know people would look at us as though we're we're operating two two totally different um spectrums right but really everything still ties together it, it's it's that same same common theme every time regardless if it's fish or if it's hunting
3: yeah yeah, 100%, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know which interview you found, but now I'm scared because you did research on me. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's true, man. Like I, I, I wanted the big boats, you know, I wanted to go cruise and, you know, entertain people and things like that, man. I'm a people person, obviously. Um, but it didn't suit my needs, you know? So I, I started downsizing and downsizing and eventually found, found kayak fishing, you know, and it's, It's cool. Like I, you know, the past month, like I said, my old man got a new boat. So I've been fishing with him, which is awesome because I get to spend some time on the water with him, but you know, it's, uh, I don't know, man, there, I get asked so much like why I like kayak fishing and it's so hard to describe, you know, there's just a, a romantic feeling to it when you're, you know, that close to the water and, you know, out in nature you know, whether, whether I'm fishing or, or hunting, um, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, it's just a super cool feeling. I, I, you know, the closest thing I could describe to it is sitting in a deer stand, watching the sun come up in the morning and watching it sunset in the afternoon and just watching all the wildlife around you. Like that's the closest thing I can compare to it, except I'm on the water, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, yeah, yeah, it's great if you go out and slam, you know, 20 bass in two hours. Like, yeah, we've all had those days. Those are great. Like, but I, I forget a lot of that stuff. And I I'll remember like, you know, times like when I've had, you know, just like a hundred geese come and fly down and, you know, land in front of me or watch a buck swim across a channel in front of me. Like those, those are the memories I, I enjoy the most, you know, just, just being out there in nature, um, not to sound like a tree hugger or anything, but it's just like, you know, we all get that, that same feeling, you know, like it, it's funny, man. Mm-hmm. Like I hunted for hunted deer for a lot of years and then, uh, you know, kind of fell out of it. Cause I lost, I lost some land that I hunted on and I just got back into it, you know, uh, Deer hunting last year, you know, and I was like, "Screw it!" Like my buddy wanted to learn how to deer hunt, so I went out with him, and we hunted public land hard, man. And I, you know, I shot a real nice buck, shot shot a nice doe, and uh, now I'm like, it's funny, man. Like September right now, this time of year, temperatures are yeah. starting to be cooler in the morning. Like early goose and uh, teal season opened in mm-hmm. Wisconsin this morning. Like my buddies texted me like pictures out in the field and I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm at work, you know, but, uh, it it gets that blood flowing again, you know? And it's, uh, it's, it's super cool. Like people, you know, it, they're like, oh my God, you kill things. And it's like, that's not what it's all about. Like, that's, that's such a minute part of hunting. Like, and you try to explain people to it and some people will be like, okay, I get it. I get it other people, mm-hmm. you know, you could probably hit them in the head with a rock and they still wouldn't get it, you know, but, uh, yeah, yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, I wasn't fortunate enough. Like I, I taught myself to hunt, um, when I was in my late twenties. Um, I, I, a good friend of mine, um, was bow hunting. And I'm like, dude, I've always had an interest in, in archery hunting and, uh, you know, I picked up a bow. He kind of showed me how to shoot it and kind of taught me a few things about what, you know, deer do and where they go and things like that, man. And, you know, I used to hunt pretty damn hard and, um, just enjoyed the crap out of it. And then I, you know, I was one of those guys, like, I'm not going to go battle those guys on public land. Screw that. Like, I won't see any deer, not worth it. And, uh, over the past couple of years, I've been following guys like the hunting public and things like that, you know, and, and seeing what they're doing and the success they're having. And it's like, maybe it's not as bad as I thought, you know, it it was that old, you know, wives' tale, so to speak, that public hunting is just bullshit. Like you got a bunch of yahoos out there Mm -hmm. and most of the time the people you meet, like Don't get me wrong. You're going to have a few idiots here and there, but like for the most part, everybody's pretty, pretty kind to each other and they respect each other. Like last night, I was out scouting a new, new duck hole and uh, some guys pulled up and he came walking over and I was actually cheating a little bit and flying my drone around to all these different, you know, duck holes to see if there was any ducks back there. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, you know, I didn't even think about trying to do that. He's like, we were going to go hike through all this tall grass and all this crap. He's like, you see anything? And I was like, yeah, man. And I was like, here, check it out, <laughs> you know, and share the info. And yeah. he's like, cool. Are you going to hunt here tomorrow? And I was like, no, nah, I got to work, man. I'm like, it's all yours, dude. And he's like, all right, cool. Well, you know, hopefully I see you, uh, up here this season. And I was like, I'm sure you will, you know, just wait till duck season opens. Cause there was only a couple teal back in there but, uh, there was a lot of ducks, so (laughs) I'm excited about that, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So it, you know, it's just one of those things, man. Um, uh,
2: yeah, I think, yeah. And, and that's, and that's real similar when, when Dave and I talked about, you know, starting this podcast and, and very similar to, to your own story, right. That we didn't know if anybody was going to listen and and we were hoping that it was going to be educational. Um, but when you touched on that part about, the public land and stuff one thing that all all five of us uh mark's not here tonight um but we all talked about was listen um th- those jerks that you meet out on public land th- they're only jerks because they weren't shown the proper way sure. to interact with 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 fellow hunters right and that right. that's what our mentality is yeah. so which was why we wanted to do this. Like, listen, let's try and, and show you some etiquette. And it's not because you're, you're a complete asshole. It's just because nobody ever showed you the, the right way to talk to someone. And, and you know, when you, when you say you had your drone out and you, and you look at guys and you go, here, man, here's, here's the back hole. Yeah. Um, have at it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that, right. that's what it's all about. And, and it's that camarader- camaraderie that, that everybody says that they want, but very few actually practice it is, is, is what we find. And, and so more people like yourself being out there and putting yourself out there and spreading that word is only good for everybody.
3: Yeah. Amen to that, man. Cause it, I mean, even then in the fishing world, right? Like we struggle a lot with that, like between the, the big big boat guys and the kayak guys you know um you know there's a few jack wagons that like will crowd the ramp while they're unloading their kayak and stuff meanwhile there's a line of big boats like i i mean if i was a guy waiting to drop my boat in i'd be pretty pissed off too you know and it's a lot of guys don't think about that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff you know and it's just it's it's the little subtle things you know what i mean like um -hmm. But uh, go ahead.
4: To be fair, I want to hear this this argument. To be fair, some people don't know how to back a fucking trailer in. Hey, hey, I I am not
3: disagreeing with you on that one bit. One
4: bit that is true. That is true. But you know it. it, It's a valid point, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know what? Some guys. It's like we were down at the boat launch the other day doing uh, water water safety stuff locally here. And there was like the one guy like just barely got his boat back down. And we're like, that's so like wherever he ended up, it's two people wide, like two, two boats wide that you can get down there. But he was like, take it up more than his share. And it was like, Oh, he barely got it down there. So wherever it ended up, he ended up and that was it. And then all of a sudden we see the next guy and he's like, just like, you couldn't walk between the two boats and he's perfectly getting it down there. And it's like, okay, good. Right. Like, yeah. There's some guys just can't back a trailer up. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: One of well, it's the a, it's pet a... peeves is those who stage on the ramp.
3: Yeah. yeah. The yeah.
1: ramp is for launching. That's why they yeah. call it a boat launch. Yep. You launch your boat. You want to stage your shit? Go over in the parking <laughs> lot. Get your life fucking <laughs> sorted out. Get your drain plug put in and get her in the water. And for yeah. and now, here comes the letter Kenny reference pitter patter let's fucking get at her
2: <laughs> <laughs> do you watch do you know that show brian
3: oh yeah does it duck with a boner drag
1: needs?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> i don't i don't think we've had somebody yes the state yet who has not known yeah
2: i know it, it's so impressive. we had more people so, from north
0: of our border who what's letter kenny are you yeah, fucking yeah absolutely
3: so i won't lie i just discovered letter kenny uh end of july i was up in uh right on the border of uh minnesota and wisconsin there uh right outside of duluth and i yeah. was with uh two new canoe guys we were there for uh there was a event going on called bow Fest, and uh brad our buddy you know kept making references and i'm like where are you getting this shit from so i was like pissing my pants laughing you know and uh, he's like, you've never heard of letter, Kenny. And I was like, no, what the hell is letter, Kenny? So then he showed me. So for like. Three weeks straight, that's all I did is watch Letter Kenny and got caught up. Binge, so. binge
4: Another fair answer would have been to say you were listening to the uh Punisher Waterfowl podcast
2: and heard about it. <laughs> yeah. That, that one would that one would have worked as well. Yeah, that would have been a way better. But no, good. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, that's great. <laughs>
3: Allegedly.
4: Allegedly. Have you watched the like the four skits that they had on uh, like before they actually made the TV show they're on YouTube. I,
3: I, I have, I don't know. I I've just binged through a bunch of stuff uh, on YouTube. And then uh, I actually found out that uh, it's on um, Crave. Crave. Not, no, not Crave. It's uh, Hulu. It's on Hulu. Oh, oh yeah. It Hulu. Is on- so, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No. So I started binging like the full episodes on Hulu. Cause I think YouTube, it's just smaller clips episodes or something. Yeah so uh yeah yeah, i've been i've been doing both
2: (laughs) the the lady i forget her name the lady that that runs modine's um what's her name the bartender there do you know the one i'm talking about i know yeah i know who you're talking about that woman the stuff that comes out of her mouth makes me blush
4: (laughs) And We've gotcha. got 20 years, of
2: years in the military down range. And I yeah, and I've got it, I've got 20 years done in, in the in the army, and that <laughs> girl makes me blush some of the stuff that she said. It's 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 unbelievable. But you know what? This we need like, wouldn't it be so cool if we got one of the boys from Letterkenny? Like Squirrely that Dan would be, awesome. would be the ultimate. Oh, <laughs> Can you imagine getting squirrely dan, huh? Oh, of course, of yeah. course you got, I don't know if you've ever had a chance, Brian, to watch the trailer park boys. No, but that that's I a haven't must watched watch as well. Okay. That,
3: oh, I've been buddy, told that I've been Get told
2: into that and that that's yeah. Get into that one. That one's that's some pretty good stuff on that too. Yeah. Um, we digress uh, to get back into, into, the uh, into our, our topic here and, and continuing on with this hunting and, and, and this whole bit. You know, I wanted to. I wanted to really just try to tie into this fact that you had said. You know, it's not just about you know catching the fish or killing the animal. There's so much more to it, and and that's just a small part of it. At, at Bobby Hayes, um, who owns Ducklander Calls, out of Kansas, he had he had asked me um, about a month ago. You know, um, explain why you're a waterfowler and like put it to words for me. And, and I really struggled to try and do it. And, and he had said the same thing, like he, he's having a hard job putting it to words exactly what it means. And, and when I'm sitting back and I'm thinking about it and, and you brought it up that brief moment when the entire world wakes up, you know, you're uh, for a duck hunter, we're out when it's still dark, there's, There's no sound whatsoever when you turn off the motor of the boat and you're just waiting for legal time to come and the entire marsh or pond or wherever it is you're hunting or fishing, whatever the entire world wakes up. And there's so many people in this world that, that look at us like we're just a bunch of knuckle draggers and they, they have no idea how much that, that, two seconds of just hearing the pond come, come alive. You you don't know what that means. And that's what separates us from, you know um, what I'll call savages. And, and then people that actually appreciate what we're doing, be it fishing, hunting, um, conservationists, whatever it is, but taking the moment to really appreciate what you have um you know try try to put that in the words and and i've struggled and i've tried and i've tried to to put it in the words and and i don't know about the rest of you guys but i'm having a hard job describing uh, doing it justice by putting it in the words i guess is what i'm getting at
4: like is that a question or
2: <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> a sure. statement it's <laughs> uh, yeah. rusty as
4: fuck
1: I think Brian can definitely, well, I can definitely relate to Brian vice versa and such. Like for those that know me well enough, like my affinity with small water, shooting a 20 gauge, being in that marsh, like, and believe me, like a new canoe is on my list of shit to buy. That's for sure. Um, but it's just like that intimate bond being in that marsh, being in that swamp, being close to the water close to the birds, having birds coming in, finishing like 10 yards in your face, listening to those wings, you know, fall, fall from the sky. And as Damien said, like listening to that marsh wake up in the morning, like that's what does it for me. Like, even if I'm, even mean, it's is a solo shoot, just me and my dog having the best conversation that we'll ever have more or less. Um, it's, you know, that, that bond of us and, you know, that, that marsh, that water, that cereal, that, that's, that's what hits it for me. And like, unless you're out there and, and you're doing it, you cannot relate. It's just, it's, you got to be there to understand it and feel
4: it. See, and I'm, I'm always comparing it. Like, just like Brian was talking about, like with the sunrises and sunsets during when you're in the deer stand, yeah, I I just loved being out there. But then you add on the 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 factor of having your friendships and the camaraderie with the duck hunt like you're going out with someone and you're sitting there and even if the hunting's not great, like there's no birds coming in, you're still having a good time with other people and and yeah. I think that's what drew me away from everything other than turkey hunting into this realm and and it's just the camaraderie and the it's really got me there, so
2: well, look at look at Ryan and and Ryan. I'll I'll steal a little bit of your thunder here, and and I'm sure you'll chime in. But how many times have we heard Ryan say that being a professional guide in in Saskatchewan and and taking people out on under you know hunts of a lifetime, that means more to him than any any limit of birds that he shoots now.
0: Yeah, like I think we all get to a certain stage in our whether you're a fisher or a whitetail hunter or a waterfowl or whatever, where you kind of appreciate the journey or every step you take. Like, and like Brian made the reference, like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, you're, you catch 20 bass in an hour. You, the memories that seem to last your lifetime are the things that like are almost irrelevant to the task at hand, but things that you would never witness or experience if you didn't get your arse out of bed, yeah. and get outdoors and see it, right? And that's, you know, I can, you know, every funny story I've ever told in a duck blind about, you know, a duck hunt or whatever through my hunting excursions, it never involves something falling out of the sky. It it never does. And you don't get to experience those memories or see the things that you've seen without just you know, falling in love with that passion, whether it's fishing, hunting, whitetail, turkey, whatever. Um, and, and people will never understand that outside of that, that circle. That's, that's fine with me. That's, that's their loss. But mm-hmm. in, until you, you know, hopefully you get to share that passion, that gift with somebody and bring them into this inner circle. Cause it's, it's the best thing in the world. It, it really is. There's nothing better.
4: It's too bad. You didn't know how to hunt crickets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's one and, of them is hey, and, and, and let's not um you know watching the world wake up and and camaraderie and having your friends and and all that stuff is great, but let's not forget breakfast after oh the hunt oh, like, next come it's on next. like that is oh it's the like best to, breakfast uh, you'll ever eat. <laughs> Oh, or, boy. oh, you can eat Chinese buffet or pizza. <laughs> 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 bloody, bloody. Oh, it's God. chicken ball man. Oh yeah. Yeah, we don't
0: need it. we don't need to tell that story
4: again. 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 So
2: yeah, no. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave.
4: <coughs> I was just gonna say, like we're coming up on uh on the hour mark, and I think there were some pretty big events that have happened in the waterfowl world this past couple of weeks that I guess not in the world, but more on the YouTube scene that I think we need to discuss. Um, Some people might've seen a video where shooting happened fairly close to a dog and a few things happened there. Like the dog broke, but once the dog broke, people actually took the time to take those shots. And I really just wanted to get some input, especially from, from Phil about this, because him being the dog handler and the dog guy that I know, I, I, I really think that we need to take the time to discuss handling the dogs and what people should be doing in the blind when a dog breaks like that. So. So
1: this is where you have your safety briefing at the start of your hunt. Now we can do all we can in the world to like, I don't give a shit who you are, what color dog you're on, what kind of dog you're on. All dogs break. It's just a matter of when. And it's a whole different ball game if you're hunting, say, out of like layout blinds or a pit blind where you're like stupid low to the ground and like you're shooting two feet off the ground and Fido's out there, run around chasing chickens and shit. If your dog's going to break, there is means to prevent this. Um, Alex Lang Bell, um, he's got a company, was a gun dog outdoors where like they have like these stakeout devices where you can like tie your pooch to the ground. If he's prone to breaking and he's on a leash, so he can't break. He can only go three feet and that's the, that's the end of it. Chokes himself out. Um, I've seen dog blinds that are almost like, like a small crater kennel. It's got like a little trap door and you can keep Fido in that. If your dog's out there running and breaking and you've got confident enough shooters to see this, don't shoot the birds. Don't give your goddamn dog a haircut with BBs or twos, like the dog breaks, let him go, call him back. As the handler, be a competent handler and deal with your dog, whether it involves you sitting there holding his collar, and you put your shotgun away, or better yet, you put your dog back in the truck because that's where he belongs. And you go when you do umpteen hours of training. Do not shoot over a dog's head for the love of Christ. I don't care how safe you are, who you are, what you are. Accidents will happen to the absolute best of us. Your dog breaks, watch what's going on. Be cognizant of the big picture
4: and do not shoot over the dog's head. And when you're out there with your dog, you are a dog handler first, right? Like I notice a lot of these 100%. YouTubes. That's yeah. Good. A lot of these YouTubes are like, yeah, I got my dog with me, but I'd rather shoot a bird and, and then I'll pay attention to the dog. It's like, no, no. Number one, you watch that dog. If you don't get a shot off for the first hour, you don't get a shot off for the first hour. Half of your ninety-nine percent of your fun when you've got the dog there is working the dog. Like don't be yeah. don't be shooting over a dog. Don't be shooting in front of a dog. You need to sit out a few hunts and spend some time out in the field training.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: even better. Like you, you have a
0: young. If you have a young dog, like I I've got one this year that's going to run for the first year. first few hunts i i won't bring my gun it'll it won't even go in the truck it'll stay home Mm -hmm. because the focus is on and we've we've been fortunate to have some really good dog guys on here uh bill kennedy matt wilson like lots of guys like who are very experienced qualified handlers like they even say like don't over like focus on the dog
1: it's not about the hunt you're working the dog you're training the dog Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and like one of the big topics you always see on like um was it the hardcore waterfowler? Cause it's like one of like the biggest Facebook pages is guys are like, how old are, like, how old do you hunt your dog? And like, I'll chime in I'm like, first hunt my dog ever did when he was 18 months old. They're like, what? 18 months? Like why so late? I'm like, cause you don't hunt with a dog that's in training. You hunt with a trained dog. So shit like this doesn't happen. And one of the worst things you can do is hunt a dog that's in training because you will create bad habits and create 10 times more work for yourself in the end. You want to hunt with a dog, hunt with a trained dog. Not that's what, not the one that's
2: in training. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we've like, we've really hammered on the dog training subject so many times on this podcast and, and, still and and I and I've got friends just like every all of you guys you all have these friends and and you can tell them you can give them the advice and say listen don't bother to take your gun on your first couple hunts or if you take your gun just don't don't even shoulder it you know have your eye on the dog watch the dog make sure the dog isn't isn't going to do anything stupid because you're right Phil while you're training the dog will break but I am a firm believer that with the proper training, that dog won't break. It won't break if it's trained properly, but while you're training, yes, it, it will break while you're training. So you need to focus, focus on the dog, that video that, that we're talking about right now, that was nothing but the most irresponsible actions I have ever seen and I've seen some dogs break and fellas not notice dogs break and they've shot, but it's because they haven't noticed the dog. This video was complete irresponsibility. That dog was in the middle of, of, the, of the spread and people were still shooting. You look at Ryan, you've brought up Sean Stahl a million times. Oh like God. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when Sean Stahl seen that video for the first time.
0: That goose in that video was maybe six feet off, off the deck, maybe six feet.
2: Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to these dogs and, and, and fellas that, that, that put the time in the training or, or whatever it is, their form of training or, or whatever, it doesn't matter, but If you're going to spend that kind of money on an animal to to help enhance your hunt, become your best friend, and you're going to be irresponsible like that, then then you really shouldn't even be hunting. Because if you don't have the the foresight to notice that your dog is becoming a liability, then, then you really shouldn't be hunting. And, and you can take that up with me and and challenge me on that all you want. And, and I will fight you on it every, every single day. You are being very, very irresponsible if that's the way you're hunting. And I'm sorry that we've, we've gotten off the the topic here, Brian. Um, And, but
4: yeah. But to, to go away from that topic, I think we also need to, people need to start stepping back and. Like understanding, like I've seen a lot of videos where guys are filming with a GoPro and it's on their head, and and people are like, oh, you're sky busting. Well, the bird's within range, but sometimes those cameras yeah. make it look like, depending on what lens they're using, it makes it look weird, right? Got Sit like, back, the, and, the, the distortion is the distortion, right? Yeah, we're gonna be filming our hunts this fall, hopefully, and I'm sure we're gonna get a couple comments on it. Like I've watched some of our videos from our hunts, and like we waited until the co- the shot was called. And then afterwards, when I'm looking at on the video, I'm like, they weren't that far away, were they? But it's because of that. But so many people, because you're hiding behind the computer screen, you can be a judgmental prick and say whatever you want. And these people will just, they'll make those comments, right? Like, step back, enjoy Mm -hmm. it. If you don't have anything nice to say, back up, because some of these people are putting a lot of time and effort into this. But that's just my little. And don't
1: forget the camera. adds 10 pounds. My dog's not really that fat. (laughs) (laughs) I am this fat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> pleasantly plump
2: <laughs> hey three weeks vacation eating soul food back in the motherland buddy L- uh, lots of codfish well uh, homemade bread uh, homemade bread carbs that was the ticket carbs danger carbs brian buddy that was what we call a tangent at the best of times because you were not included in that conversation whatsoever. (laughs) Sorry, it had to be talked about.
0: No,
3: (laughs) no, I I completely agree, man. I mean, uh, the first time I hunted behind a dog, Upland hunting, man, you know, like that's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Like, You know, my buddy said like, you're going to be doing most of the shooting. I'm going to be handling the dog and whatever you do, don't shoot my dog. And I was like, okay, I think I can follow that. But I mean, it, it's true in waterfall too, man. I mean, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big dog lover. You know, my dog's a big dummy, so I can't take him out duck hunting, but you know, he, uh, you know, if you were going to shoot it over my dog's head, I'd probably turn around and, you know, point my shotgun at you because, yeah. you know, well, that's my best here, friend.
1: Here's one for you. There's three rules to hunting over a dog. Rule number one, don't shoot the dog. Rule number two don't shoot the handler rule number three if you break rule number one you sure as shit better break rule number two (laughs) i love it
4: i love (laughs) it we were out the one time with a guy i never heard that one before and there was a shovel in his truck and i was like maybe i'm missing something but what do you got a shovel for he's like oh it's in case you shoot my dog (laughs) and i thought to myself i'm like that's fucking cold like if i shoot your dog you're just gonna bury it here in the field and then and then I was like,
2: wait a minute, you're going to bury me. For the, yeah. The for the dog. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's great. An old friend of mine, you saw, we say, the more people I meet, the more I love my dogs. And, and that's, and that's so, uh, it's so true. So, um, my dog is my best friend. Hey, I do have to take a minute and announce that my dog did get her junior hunter title, uh, last week. So old onto the senior hunter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine mm-hmm. finishers on Saturday, so Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Mine's still, lick, mine's still mine licking fucking windows.
2: <laughs> uh, you got a you got a brown dog too, Philly. So right? Buy know. a brown dog. Give it a, give it a little bit more time. <laughs> yeah. Anybody can run a black dog, buddy.
1: Takes a special kind of stupid to run a brown one.
0: <laughs> Roger
2: that. Roger that. Well, Brian, buddy, we are, we are about at that 60 minute mark here now. And, you know, I really want to to, to tie this back and, and thank you again for, for coming on. And, and I hope you don't mind because Dave and I do think of you as, as somewhat of a professional when it comes to this podcast game. So, there will be a whole like if, if I could create a survey, a questionnaire for you to go from this was really bad and this was really good and, and scale it in between. I, I would. have five stars. So we, How would you rate your experience? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So will so you stay we will online be for a brief brain. survey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will be picking your brain on this. And I hope you don't mind. And I hope you could be a hundred percent honest with us and and let us know exactly uh, anything that, that can help to improve because you know what Um, a lot like yourself, there are places out there that, that are doing similar to what we're doing, Sure, but I don't think they're doing exactly what we're doing. And I think that's what, I think that's what you were getting at is that you're looking to educate some people as well as make some friends and sure. that, and that's what our goal is right so yeah um and the only way you get better is is with um, is with people suggesting improvements right so yeah so be we, uh, we will we will be picking your brain on that you know and then, this, this whole new canoe and and Dave is really you know down in, down in, down in the states you guys you guys operate different like it, it's nothing for you guys to say, you know what? I'm gonna buy a, a kayak and this is the way I'm gonna operate now. Up here it, it's I wouldn't say it's unheard of. But, but it's definitely not as, as popular. And Dave's really been pushing this new canoe idea and, and trying to get people into it. And it seems like, like Dave, it do seem like people are interested in it.
4: I'd like you to know that um, eight people actually bought, after our last podcast with Everett, eight people purchased yep. new canoes. They're all waiting. Because, see, that kind of happened where Everett announced that there's a new blind coming out. So none of them bought the blind yet. And they're all waiting on this new model to come out. But uh, Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You guys had Everett Park on before me.
1: Yeah, sorry, dude. Shoot. We we yes. are kind of I insulted.
4: I messaged <laughs> and I said, "Who should hey. we get on?"
2: Yeah,
4: I'm just kidding,
2: man. i just kidding. Hey, hey, Brian! I just wanted to tell you that I said to Dave, like. We shouldn't have Everett on. We should get Brian on first. And Dave's yeah. like, no, fuck that. Yeah. That's exactly how <laughs> but, it went down. I'll, I'll have you know that of the eight people that
4: uh, have all bought new canoes, once they've all got blinds, we're all meeting up for a, a kayak duck hunt here in Ontario. That'll be. Oh, cool. that's cool, That'll man. Cool. That's, heck yeah. We're yeah. trying to organize it, it. A few logistic problems. And yeah, but we'll see. Hopefully the blinds come in for everybody and we can get this going. Heck yeah. And there'll also be, hopefully by the time we run our camp on October 22nd, I should have three models of kayak to bring to it for everybody to try out. So that's something oh, else. Cool.
2: That, yeah. So nice. Very cool. I want one. We're going to, we'll just do a quick around the table. Uh, Brian, we'll give you the final word, buddy. Um, and and we'll uh we'll stop taking up too much of your evening here oh, um, no worries so so philly over to you buddy for last uh, for your last piece brian a pleasure having
1: you on you yeah, it's you know it's nice meeting a like a like-minded individual that you know has that uh that intimate feeling with you know shooting small water fishing small water you know definitely like i said as those know like that's that's where my heart lies and you know it's great to chat with you tonight and hopefully we can see you on here again maybe uh be able to sit next to you in uh, a new canoe down the road. There we go. Ryan. Ryan,
0: uh, thanks for taking the time to come on, man. Uh, Best of luck to you and your little, your little duck hole this year. And you're uh, hopefully you feel your white tail tags and have a great year, man. And uh, all the best, man. Thanks.
4: Thanks for your time. David. Ryan. Thanks for coming on. Um, like Damien at the stud at the start was saying, I'm getting good at bugging people, but I learned that lesson from my old lady there. But uh, that's a different story. So uh, uh, anyway, no thanks for coming on. Story about all the questions I asked when you're running that new canoe podcast, but yeah, it's fun. You're doing a good job, buddy, and hopefully we get to hunt someday
2: together. Heck yeah! <laughs> I think de- we 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 definitely need to like once the border opens up and, and, and we can do like, we've got like a milk run to do throughout the States. of eh? Of all the people mm-hmm. we've had on this show that we need to go hunt with. Um, so Brian, you'll be added to the list here. Now we just got to, I don't know how we're ever going to be able to pull this off, but uh, we've well, got to make it happen.
4: We'll go hunt with Jeff coats and then we'll go to Texas and you know, everyone else can meet us there because it's right beside everything. Yes, borders every it borders every yeah, yeah. it's like right yeah, in the center every, of America. That's why it's the Lone Star State.
2: Dave. That's why they call it the Lone Star State. It borders everything. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Everything borders. Everything borders Texas. Brian, buddy, um, it's been a hoot. It's been great to have you on. There's been some good laps. Um, and, and like Phil said, and, and Dave and, and Ryan, it's great to have you on and it's great to, to talk to another like minded person that's doing it for, for all the right reasons. And, and you know what I consider the right reasons and you do may different from somebody else. But we are we are like minded, and and I really do appreciate you coming on and 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 talking. Um, we went off on a couple of tangents, but uh, <laughs> but all's good, and and that's that's just the way it is. And and with my editing ability, whatever was talked about tonight is what's going out to the is going out to the masses because uh, I don't edit anything. So, um, buddy, to you for for your last words.
3: Yeah, man. No, uh, I appreciate you guys, uh, having me tonight. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, man. Uh, as far as the rating goes, I give it five stars, man. You guys, uh, just keep being, just keep being you, man. Have the laughs, keep it real, keep it raw. Uh, that's the way we always do it, man. And that's, and and as long as you guys just keep being yourselves, man, you're going to have nothing but continued success, but you know, same thing, man. Uh, I enjoy talking to, to like-minded people that just like being in the outdoors and, and sharing that experience. And, and not only that, but you know, you guys are helping educate others, you know? So it's super cool, man. I'm super glad to be a part of this show tonight. And uh, I look forward to see where you guys go, man. And absolutely. If I'm ever up in Canada, I will definitely come sit in a blind with any of you fellas and uh, if you're ever down this way i hope you hit me up for sure uh whether it be for fishing or hunting man uh, i'd love to spend some time with you guys so super cool man just keep up the good work and uh keep spreading the good word brothers
0: you heard it here awesome. first five stars out of ten that's great that's the best rating. Yeah. <laughs> I
3: thought it was five out of five, but uh,
0: oh, we're using the, are we yeah. using the hotel rating system? I didn't know that. Sir. <laughs> that's we're, awesome. We are just
2: uh, adequate at best. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that's great. But you heard Brian right here, guys. We uh, guys and girls that are listening, we've said it a million times. We're not professionals. We're not experts. We don't pretend to be anybody that we're not. We're a group of friends that love one another's company. And we absolutely love hunting waterfowl. This is all it is. So um, do not have any reservations thinking that uh, we think anything more than who we are, if that makes sense. With that, thanks for listening. Brian, thank you so much. Listen, check out New Canoe. Check out Brian's podcast listen and and you know what you just may learn something until next time big love